There are a lot of people out there who don't feel confident in one way, shape, or form. Maybe your body isn't what you'd like it to be. Maybe you're a little rusty in your conversational skills, so social gatherings make you super uncomfortable. Maybe you don't feel like you have enough knowledge to hold your own in school or at work. You might already guess, but confidence is closely related to our own feelings of self-worth. But what if I told you that identity actually plays a huge role in how you perceive yourself? We'll explore both of those concepts and more in this episode. And be sure to stick around until the end because I'll share with you a life-changing mindset tip about how to think about your future self. This framework of thinking has totally transformed my life and helped me take action and create results for myself. And I know it can do the same for you. Again, I'm taking a quick end of summer break and I hope you are making time for rest and reorganization in your life as well. This episode is an oldie, but a goodie. And of course, new content will be back on September 14th. Mark your calendars. And if you want to feel more confident and have that unshakable power of knowing your own worth, then stay tuned. Today, I wanted to kind of cover this notion and the topic of self-confidence and more specifically self-worth. So I had a friend, actually had a couple friends who came to visit from residency and um, we know each other from residency. They came to visit. We went out, had dinner. We ended up, a bunch of us ended up going to a rooftop bar and there was a Looked like there was a wedding that was holding their kind of after party there. The bride and groom were there, guests, parents, friends, and bridal party. And so half of our group was already partnered up and half of our group was single. So me being the ever-reliant wing woman, I was looking around and saying like, oh, you know, do we have any handsome possible bachelors out there for my friends? And so and we spotted one of the groomsmen and I said to my friend, I was like, hey, why don't you go go up and talk to him? He looks, you know, like a nice, good looking guy. And who knows, maybe you'll hit it off. And after going back and forth, my friend was like, no, I can't. I'm not going to. And I was like, why not? You just, you know, just go and talk to him. No ulterior motive. Just go introduce yourself. And she goes, wait, so if you weren't you know, married, would you go up and talk to this guy? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And she goes, where, how do you, how are you so confident? And I laughed because that is not me inherently. I am, I grew up as a very, very, very shy child and I still have issues with confidence. I am by no means the most confident person in the world but i i've learned some things about confidence and self-worth and really learned a lot of things about myself along the way that have helped me to get to a point where i could even go up and talk to someone and this episode isn't necessarily about having the guts to go up and speak to someone for like a romantic interaction but this is more about detaching the end result from 
your self-worth. And that may not make sense right now, but let's talk about it. So as I said a little bit before, I grew up very, very shy. My father came to this country from China with like $2,000 to his name and with just a dream, you know, as so many other immigrants have come to this country before him and after him. And so we lived in a neighborhood that was mostly not Asian. It was a predominantly Puerto Rican and Dominican neighborhood. And when I went to school, actually, the very first two words that I, of Spanish that I learned were callate and siéntate, which are essentially like sit down and shut your mouth <laughs> because all of the school aides and um, staff were Hispanic and spoke Spanish, which I think is awesome. I, I love Spanish, but because kids are mean and because I was one of maybe three or four Asian students in my class and possibly even in the whole school, I got picked on a lot. I mean, a lot. I mean, daily bullying from people in my class, in my grade, above and below me. I got called all sorts of racist slurs by people in school and just walking down the street. This was the, you know, mid 90s. And I was a young child. I didn't, you know, I didn't have a lot of confidence to be like, hey, stop talking, stop saying mean things to me. You know, I once actually slipped and fell on the stairs and uh, in school, I was in the third grade, I was skipping down the steps two at a time and my hand got caught in the railing between the wall. So I slipped, I fractured my ankle, it blew up to the size of like a grapefruit. And so the staff and the teachers were like, hey, asked one of my male classmates, to be like, hey, can you help her? Because I couldn't, I couldn't put any weight on it. It was actually fractured. Can you help her to go to the principal's office so that she can make a phone call so that her parents can pick her up? So I went there and that classmate was still there, I guess, trying to stay there so that I could get back to class or that sort of thing. And I made the phone call and I spoke to my mom in Shanghai Nice, which is our kind of dialect that we speak at home. And I remember him just laughing his ass off because, you know, it's um, a different language that he's probably never heard. He had probably never heard before. And I'm not going to lie, it really hurt me, not just from that instance, but just my entire childhood, honestly. They you know, they once discovered something called fart spray, which is like a spray that smells like flatulence. <laughs> and they, I remember they sprayed it on my backpack and I just ran home and I tried everything to try and get it out because it really smelled like crap. It's, I don't know how they formulated it, but it smelled terrible. I poured like shampoo on it and soap and bleach and whatever. And I think it finally came out after soaking it for a day or so. So as a kid, my self-confidence and my self-worth was channeled or reinforced by things that would give me praise. 
So for me and my family, it was academics. It was excelling and being smart and doing well on exams and getting into good schools. So it was a lot of test prep and summer courses and you know all these things. And so I wrapped that up into my identity. I was a smart kid. I did well on tests. I do well in math and science and all these other things. And the results kind of became a positive reinforcement of it. I got into great schools. I got into med school. I got into residency, fellowship, and all of this stuff. And then you start to realize that when that identity is built up so much in your head after all these years, if something goes wrong with it, whenever I failed a test, whenever I failed any course, whenever I didn't do well, it was like my entire world fell apart because my identity as a smart person, as an achiever, as a med student, as a physician, it was so wrapped up into who I was and my self-esteem that any little fracture of that veneer of completeness in that identity just made me feel awful. Like it made me feel so terrible and I would just like just fall apart. And, you know, it wasn't just academics. This extended into every other aspect of my life. In romantic relationships, I dated some guys that I knew weren't good for me. They didn't treat me the way that I thought I should be treated. I didn't feel cared for. I didn't feel that I was a priority or our relationship was a priority. But I didn't have the self-esteem to be like, you know what, I can do better because I was so desperate. And I can say that because, you know, that was the past me. (laughs) I was so desperate for attention. And I was like, oh, someone from the opposite sex, someone that I'm interested in is paying attention to me, even if it's sporadic or haphazard or conditional because it was when it was convenient for them rather than when it was mutually convenient, things like that. And I, you know, it it extended into when I started working and demands were placed upon me when I didn't feel that they were fair or they just said, you're going to do this. And I just sat there and I took it. And I was like, yes, of course, without any thought otherwise, without any consideration that maybe it doesn't have to be this way. And so what I realized along the way after doing a lot of kind of self-discovery, reading different books and talking to different people is that I came across two really big realizations, okay? And the first one is that my self-worth, my self-esteem, my self-confidence, whatever you want to call it, is inherent. It is undeniable. I exist, therefore I'm worthy. I breathe, I exchange oxygen into carbon dioxide, my cells turn over, my heart beats 
to the tune of its own electrical system. Therefore, I am worthy. Period. Full stop. No qualifiers. That's it. And the second big realization that, you know, is a often very, very hard pill to swallow is recognizing my own role in my discomfort, in the things that were causing me to be unhappy. I'm going to say that again, recognizing my own role in the things that made me unhappy in my own life. And what did that look like? Okay, let's just take the relationship that I was really unhappy in. People can do things to you. They can not fulfill their promises. They can text you or show up whenever they want. It's up to you to say, am I going to let this behavior that doesn't value me, am I going to let that continue? Because they can do whatever they want to you. But if you let it continue, that's on you. That's on me. And that's because, at least for me, for most of us, it's because we don't think that we're good enough for anything else. We don't believe. We may know, you know, there's a disconnect between the brain and the heart. I knew that I was smart and you know, had things to offer to a romantic partner or a work environment or anything of that sort, I knew that I was valuable in whatever way that I was going to provide value. But I didn't fully believe it in my heart because I'd spent years and years being bullied, being told I, you know, wasn't good enough because I was Asian or because I was a woman or because I failed some courses or whatever it is. That doesn't happen overnight, that shift. You know, you have years and years, decades of experiences that you internalize, thinking that you are not good enough. And you can't just make the switch one day and be like, all right, cool. I'm just going to put that all aside and I'm going to, you know, move on forward from here as the goddess that I am. <laughs> you know, if you can, then all the more power to you. But it's the first step is the recognition that that is what you're up against in a sense. It's these years and years of conditioning. But it is possible. And what I'm trying to show you through my own experiences and the experiences of others, once I start interviewing people, which will happen, is that it is possible to think differently, to think differently about yourself, to interact differently with the world. But it starts with you, okay? And it's a, it's a hard truth. You probably didn't want to hear it. But like a good friend, I feel the responsibility to tell you what you probably don't want to hear. And this is one thing that women especially have problems with. It is self-advocacy, right? We're so good at advocating for other people. We will, you know, do whatever it takes. They've, they've done studies where, you know, they've asked women to nominate 
themselves for like an award or to show off or something like that. And most women will not submit anything about themselves, but then they will gladly, easily nominate someone else for the position. We, that's just what we're good at. And so how do we do that for ourselves once we start to recognize that, hey, maybe I am worth it? Something that you can potentially try is to advocate for your future self. Because she's out there. She exists on a different dimension. That dimension is time. But how are you going to create a life for her that she's going to be happy with. Your future self doesn't want to be in a dead-end job that makes you unhappy because they take advantage of you. Your future self doesn't want to be in a relationship with someone who really is just kind of mediocre in their feelings for you because, you know, you don't want to be in the uncomfortable position of being alone with your own thoughts because you don't fully love yourself. You don't fully trust yourself. You don't fully believe that you are worthy of love. And trust me, I have been there. I have so been there. Okay. It is an uncomfortable place to be. And I totally get it. But I'm here to remind you that you exist. You're worthy. You have self-confidence. You just need to nurture it a little bit more. And, you know, it's something that I'm working on every single day as well. Every time I try something new, it's scary as fuck. But I'm trying to advocate for my future self because my future self wants a lot of things. My future self wants things to be different than where they are now. Your future self probably wants to be, you know, who knows, on a beach somewhere earning passive income so you don't have to work or your future self wants to have a lifestyle where you can enjoy your time with your children without having to worry about X, Y, and Z. Whatever it is that your future self wants, you need to be able to advocate for the changes that you want in your life right now. And that means setting boundaries. That means standing up for yourself. That means standing up for other people. That means saying, hey, this way that you're treating me is not good enough because I deserve better. You know, one of my favorite movies, The Holiday, is on Netflix right now. And it you know, it's sappy, it's a romantic comedy, whatever. I don't care. That's who I am. I love rom-coms. <laughs> I always have, always will, because I'm a softie at heart. But what I do enjoy about the movie, one, the music, it's lovely and it's endearing and playful. And it's obviously by the great Hans Zimmer. So, you know, of course, how could he do any wrong? But it's also a story about two women who discover their own self-confidence in their own ways. Iris, played by Kate Winslet, starts off the movie being like hopelessly in love with her co-worker who just jerks her around and takes advantage of her. But she is too in love with him and she doesn't have the self-confidence to be like, hey, you're a jerk. 
stop, you know, messing around with me and coming into my life when it's convenient for you because I make you feel better or I help you with certain things. And she discovers that slowly throughout the movie when um, she is given various movies to watch by one of the other characters in the film who's like a screenwriter and that sort of thing. And he keeps showing her these movies or has her watching these movies where the leading lady has gumption, you know? And she says at a certain point, she's like, I should be the leading lady of my own life, right? Like, why can't we be the cheer captain, the leading lady of our own lives? That's the bare minimum, you know? And it also reminds me of this clip of Oprah that's been circulating around recently that was from 1986, right? She says she's being interviewed on 60 Minutes about her show. And she's like, you know, it'll do well. And they ask her, you know, well, what if it doesn't? And then she says, I will do well because I'm not defined by a show. I'm defined by much more than that. And isn't that so freaking awesome? For her to just have that confidence to be like, you know what, this might end up in a huge catastrophic disaster and I might fail and that sort of thing. But you know what, I'll be fine. Okay. Maybe the person that I walk up to who at a rooftop bar might be married, might not be interested in me or whatever it is, but I will be fine because I'm not defined by the outcome of what happens with this one interaction with a stranger. Maybe asking for a raise or promotion because I have busted my butt at work and they don't, I feel like they don't value me. Maybe that falls on its face too. Maybe they say absolutely not. Maybe they fire you. Who knows? I will be fine and I will do well because I'm not defined by my work. That is a part of who I am, but that is not me solely. I am worthy. I have my own two legs to stand on. Maybe you are trying to launch a business and it's a passion project and it doesn't go anywhere and you lose money and it is a miserable failure in your mind. We'll talk about failure at another point, but I'm okay. I will do well because I'm not defined by how my business does. I am not defined by how much money I make. I am defined by who I am, what my values are, my kindness, my generosity, the things that I do, the words that I say, the actions that I take. That's what defines me as a person. Not these extraneous things, not the outcomes of things that I'm doing or hoping for. That's okay. We can do and hope for certain things. We can have goals and try to achieve them. But it doesn't define our self-worth. It's the same thing when, when our patients, when my patients in the hospital come in and not all my patients are like, the most upstanding of citizens, right? I have all sorts of different patients. Some are drug users and some have been incarcerated for 
some minor offenses and some really major offenses. I have patients who are have low socioeconomic status and who are poor and things of that nature. And we still take care of them the same. For some cases, it might be a little bit harder to impart that same amount of care for them because, you know, there's such things as implicit bias and things like that. But the message is there. They are human beings. They need help. They are in pain. They are suffering because their disease is not controlled. They are dying. You know, the very least that we can do is to afford them comfort, to relieve their suffering, to help them through the journey to whatever end will be. And so as you think about your life, what's causing you discomfort, what's causing you stress right now, what's making you unhappy, and what you want to do to change those things. I just want to remind you that your self-worth, your self-esteem is inherent. It is just a bedrock foundation within you. It is unshakable. And that's the thing that you should try to, that we should all try to achieve is this unshakable belief and knowing in our own confidence, in our own worth, in our own self-esteem. Because that's one of the most common regrets at the end of life. I wish I'd lived a life that was true to myself. I wish I had the confidence to push back against what was expected of me. I wish. I wish, I wish. And what's that? That's rooted in regret. I don't want to live my life and get to my deathbed whenever it is and say, "Ah, you know, I wish I'd done this. And I know you don't either, right? You certainly don't want that to happen. We're all going to have regrets. The beauty of this work the personal development, the thought work is to recognize that we have so much agency. We have so much choice in our own lives that we have the ability to craft our days, our weeks, our months, our years in a way that when we do get to that ultimate point, we say, I've lived a good life short or long. I've soaked it up. I've had great experiences. I have loved. I've been loved. I've done things because I've believed in myself and I feel, I've felt that I've led a life that is true to who I am because I wasn't afraid, because I believed in myself, because I believed in my own self-worth. So go out, enjoy the rest of this day and try to find ways, try to find evidence of ways that you are already amazing, already worthy, already the goddess, the God, the supreme being, the unicorn, whatever it is you want to call yourself that you already are. So. 
Thank you so much for taking this time to listen, to be here, to be present in the here and now. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and I will see you on the next one. Take care. Alrighty, we talked about confidence, self-worth, identity, advocating for your future self, which has been so compelling for me and a major reason why I've been able to make changes happen in my own life, to have more freedom in my time and my finances, to do more meaningful work that I'm so passionate about. If you want more of this and to be part of a community of like-minded people who also care about making the most of their time on earth, then I encourage you to join the Purpose Filter Facebook group. It's free to join. I'll be there and I can't wait to see you inside. You will find the link in the description notes and I will see you next week.